Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Anybody a uh, road trips? Anybody a road trip fan? I enjoy some road trips. My my family loves road trips. I should say more so my daughters love road trips. Um, my kids are all about the road trip life. They they have a, a whole pack of stuff they bring. They have their pillows. They have their blankets. They, they you know, my wife also, she's, she's the type that sets up our kids for a good road trip. She buys out every snack at the Dollar General store uh, that is by our house. So she, they're, they've got snacks on snacks. Mercy, she has this neck pillow, and she has the neck phone, the, the, the sunglasses to keep the glare out. She has her Nintendo Switch. I mean, she is living the life. I mean, if I got in a wreck, she, you wouldn't have known it. She would not move. Everything would be fine. She'd just keep playing her game. And Ivy, she's the type that... Oh, she is cold-natured, so she, uh, one, one trip, she forgot her blanket. For some reason, she forgot her blanket, and, and there she was staring at Mercy and my wife with her blanket and going, oh, I'm so cold, and all these things. And this entire time, I'm trying to, you know, me, the driver, I don't get any of those luxuries, none of them. I don't get the pill, neck pillow. I don't get the blanket. I, I don't get the big headphones. I don't get none of those things. Uh, what I have to focus on are, are signs. What I have to focus on are, are things that I, I have to pay attention to. And unfortunately, there are times when I'm, you know, my GPS is set up and I'm, I, I'm trying to see. I'm not the type... Um, I think there's two types of GPS people. There are people who, who, who have the voice on and people who don't. And um, I know who you are who do. You need that voice in your life. And, and, and I'm sure it's not just the only voices that are speaking in your life and, or in your head. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it being quiet and I can focus on the little arrow. I can, I can figure that out. But there are times when you go to a big city and you see the highway just get like super crazy and I am staring at this arrow to make sure as I'm coming up to my exit then I hit it right. How many of you have been there before? Maybe Atlanta. And you go right through Atlanta and you're about to take this, this exit here and you think that's the exit and then you realize you missed it. And you should have went. And then frustration just overwhelms my life. I'm grateful that my, my family is asleep and, you know, they have headphones on because um, if I did curse, something would probably come out. I don't know. But I am so upset in this moment and so frustrated and more so because now I've got to go down to God knows where, maybe down to Puerto Rico, and I've got to figure out a turnaround and make my way back to that exit, okay? And so the frustrating thing is, is that that's a process that we have to turn around. But you, I will say this today, when it comes to these last days, here are signs that are evident. There are signs that are happening in our times. And I will say this, we're not getting to the place where there's a turnaround, where there's not a, a second chance, where there's not something that we can say, oh no, I'm okay. I can, I, I got to redo. 
And we're getting towards the end of our days. I really, truly believe that, where we must pay attention to the signs that are before today. I opened up with my text, and Jesus is the one speaking. If you have that fancy Bible Bible in red letters, it's, it's his words. And he's talking about a, a parable of a fig tree. And he's making the point that this fig tree is is. It's at its full growth, and it's starting to let go not only of its fruit, it's starting to change. It's, it's fall. It's like what we're experiencing now. Things are starting to change. And then you will know, just like that fig tree, it will tell you a sign that things are going to change, that the door is approaching. And in that same chapter, I want to read some, some more verses and pick up, because verse 36 says, But of that day an hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It goes on in verse 37. It says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, and until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I'll pause there. I just I read several things that are are normal actions and they're called life. You are going to be living life just like they were living life. And all of a sudden, here comes the flood. Here's, here comes judgment, or here comes the rains, and, and here comes the end. Verse 40, then shall two be in the field. He talks about these two. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. And verse 42 is so important. It says, watch therefore. For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. So what am I watching for? Am I watching for that very moment? No, I'm I'm watching for the signs leading up to the very moment. I'm watching. That's the time we have to pay attention. Can Can I just say this? It's time to open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your spiritual heart. Those eyes, that the eyes you need to see with, the eyes that you need to make real decisions with. These, last, these are the last days. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Peter would write it a couple times in his first letter, 1 Peter 4 and 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's this theme of being eyed open, just, uh, I'm just uh, like this, just uh, you need to pay attention. Do not sleep. Do not fall, do not fall for the, 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 you know, the, the lullabies and, and those types of things. How many of you have got one of those apps on your phone, those sleep apps, you know, you put on certain noises and or you put on, you know, uh, someone reading the Bible. How about that? You know, they're like, I'm just, I'm real, I'm being, I'm going to get my Bible reading in. And, and you hear James Earl Jones, you know, lay out Leviticus. And you're just like, you're like, you are in another zone. If you have a problem sleeping, please try that. It's way better, better than, 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 than the drugs, right? The way better. Amen. Just listen to him read some word. We, we, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying we need to be awake. 
We need to be open and, and awake. Why? Because there are signs happening. And for the remainder of this lesson, I want to talk about these five signs that we are afforded in these last days. And specifically, I want to talk about that the, those two words, last days. Last days is mentioned five times in the New Testament, and it's in five different verses. And I want to talk about what each verse means and what each sign says. And the very first exit sign, if I could put it that way, the sign that you will see is this, that His Spirit is being poured out. His Spirit is being poured out in these last days. How do we know that? Acts 2.17, And it shall come to pass that in the what? Last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The very first sign we have to hold on, to do, hold on today is that His Spirit is being poured out, and I'm grateful for that. What an incredible sign we are afforded today. What a, I'm grateful for His Spirit. Can I, can I say this, that you may think that sometimes I was having this conversation about the revival we're experiencing here at Ephesus Church with nine souls being baptized in Jesus' name within the last month. And, and you know, I've I made this point. It's not because I'm preaching anything deeper. It's not because I'm, I'm saying anything different. It's not because of all these things. It's because God's God. He is laying it on hearts. He is, revival's happening. Why? It's because it's the last day. The very first sign that Scripture warns us and tells us about, and that's a great sign, is that His Spirit is being poured out. The revival we're experiencing isn't accidental. It is a sign of these last days. There is coming a time when it's going to cease. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether, the, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Even the, the wisest man on earth, he wrote in Ecclesiastes 12 and 7. He gives us a little foreshadowing. He says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. See, we have this sign right now to pay attention to. How do you know you're living in the last day? You know it because you can still experience His Spirit. When, when you come to church and, and the Holy Ghost is being poured out and into you, you it's, you're, it's it, man. You are, you are living in it. I, 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 now, there's a lie going around that's been bred, you know, several generations after the day of Pentecost happened in Acts chapter 2 that... that his spirit has ceased in that, 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 and no, it hasn't. How many of you can say you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you've spoken tongues and you let God, I'm telling you, it's real. It's happening today. And that's the first sign is that his spirit is being poured out. Say number two, number two, life is hard to do. Wow. What a sign. Right. Life is hard to do. Some of you are thinking, man, I was kind of hoping for a better sign. It's... <laughs> Life is hard to do. 2 Timothy 3.1 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. What does perilous mean? That word perilous means hard to do. Hard to do. 
that the, the remainder of this passage here. Let's look at the next verse. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. What is this, this laundry list of hard to do? This is, this is stuff that is happening today. It's hard to live life in, in this, this new ecosystem we have, right? This new spiritual ecosystem of trying to just live a holy life. I, I, no one raised their hands whether they've seen it. I, I can tell you this. I didn't see it. I just saw the news clips about it. But the, the VMAs, my Lord, this, this, this MTV is pushing and it is giving you a temperature of the world you're living in and it's showing what what is being accepted and who's winning these awards and 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 just just you know the the vile ugly sinful nature that that is being spewed out and i'm telling you it's it's hard to do to live in this world that we live in if you have just a single righteous bone in your body it is hard to live it's hard to stand up for things. It's hard to, to go against the grain of this world and, and say, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in agreement with that. No, the, the Bible says something different. I'm, I'm in line with the Word of God. I want to be in line. My family needs to be in line with the Word of God. But the world will say, no, no, this, this is hard to do. You want to be with us and what we do. See, we have a response when it comes to these hardships. And in this same chapter, I want us to pick it up. 2 Timothy 3 and 10. Paul writes, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. He goes, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. I know life is hard to do, but I want you to hear me today. I want you to take, take notice. He, can de he delivered me. He can deliver you. Amen. I know this is hard, but God's a deliverer. Right. He is a comforter. There's peace in him. He gives us a peace that literally passes all understanding. I just don't get it. That's how good his peace is. He goes on. He says in verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Thank you. Yeesh. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Right? Get, I don't know if you like this, this text, but it ain't getting better. Deceiving and being deceived. But, he says, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Don't stop. Continue in these things, knowing of whom thou hast learned of them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then he talks about what's so powerful about these holy scriptures. He says all scripture is given by inspiration. It's, it's, it's from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that meant that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You are furnished. Yes. Amen. It's the 
Life's hard to do, but that's all right. You've got furnishings. You've got abilities. You have control of a hard life if you use the Word of God. If you trust those things. If you mimic your life like Paul did to the, to the doctrine, the manner of life he had, that the Word of God shows us the purpose, the faith, the long-suffering, the charity and patience that they exude. That's, that's that apostolic life that, that Paul gives. It's okay to be apostolic. It's all right. I know we tiptoe on things, and I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to win the world and trying to knock down what apostolic means. I was thinking about this, how frustrated I am that uh, when it comes to being apostolic and what the world thinks apostolic means is really two different things. And 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 I, I, I'm frustrated that it, it's 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 a false narrative. It's completely errant on on how we're being portrayed by the world no there's there's no snakes here (laughs) we don't have snake charming day we don't have that here that's just craziness okay no no we don't hate you if you don't you know dress a certain way or look a certain way no we don't hate you no no, we, 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 we're also imperfect too. We, we all have mess ups. We all have short, we, we, we don't, we also can afford more revelation. It's not like we're, we're, we've got it all and we've got it all figured out and everyone else. And, and, and I hate the idea that people think, and this is, this is sad because some of our people have, have, have made this narrative that, that, you know, here, this first step is, let's just say Buddhism. I, I just, you know, it's not like, apostolics are standing on top of them saying no you're underneath us oh this next step is Catholicism oh no no we're apostolics we're better than that's not that's not what being an apostolic is about it's not about it's not being judgmental and com- condemning these types of beliefs and thoughts and hungers it's it's about thanking God for the light that you've been given that the revelations that you've been given are just awesome it doesn't make you better than anybody I'm no better than the Baptists down the road. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes some Baptists are way more apostolic than apostolics are. <sighs> I better digress. The thing is, is, you know, we, we, we need to live by this, not by some organizational mandates and, and things like that. I want to I adhere to the word of God. And if, if, the, if this, this life, you know, parallels with maybe an organization, that's fine and all. And, but I, I, it doesn't mean I, I forsake this and, and this is all who I am. No, it's not. Not at all. I, I don't ever forsake the word of God. This is, this is, it's all, it's nothing but this. Right. And only this. And, and they may take my license for saying something like this. I don't know, but I, I just truly believe we have to understand that, you know what, there are, there are times that, that we are living in. The sign is life is hard to do. Yeah. As an apostolic, I don't need to make it any harder, any more difficult. I don't need to, I don't need to be someone that the Word of God tells me not to be. And, and what I was trying to get to the point of being, uh, explaining is that even when I took this church years ago, the name of this church was called the Pentecostals of Columbia. Very original name. <laughs> really deciphered us from everyone else. The Pentecostals of Columbia, and, I, and and 
you know, for me, I didn't, uh, and this, this is not to say it's, it's right or wrong. For me, I did not want to put the name of our church, the word apostolic or the word Pentecostal on our sign simply because I didn't want people to drive by and, and judge us before they walked in here. And I, I wanted them to experience what we do in here before they judged us, before they walked into here. And, and I even took it a step further. I named it after where no one knew. <laughs> except, for, except for Petros and his mom. <laughs> Those Greeks. <laughs> and, but I love, I love the fact that the reason we named the church the way what it is, is I get to explain it. It becomes a, like a soul-winning moment for me where I get, to, I get to express what this word means and what we're trying to do here in this church. But I, I say all that is I'm not trying to forsake being apostolic or being pen, uh, uh, or Pentecostal. I'm trying to bring real education to the world about it. And it's not, and I'm, unfortunately, this is how you, you educate the world. It's not, it's not by constantly sitting down in Bible study, which I'd love to do that if, if someone was up to it. No, but it's about being an example. It's just when you're living in a, a world that's hard to do and, and you are living an apostolic life that is counterculture to everything that's going on, you are being noticed. You are being the billboard of who God has called you to be. You are an example. I love it. You are, you are living out Romans 12, 1 and 2. You are absolutely doing that. When we, when we live that life, trust that life in, a, in the last days when life is hard to do. All right, number three. Number three. Christ is the message. Christ is the message. We'll read Hebrews 1 and 1 through 2 in the ESV. It says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. Now, not to bring any type of confusion on, on um, oneness or Trinitarianism and those types of things. Jesus is God. I, I'm clearly saying that, but I'm reading this text to make this point that he speaks through Christ and who Christ is. God used at many times different prophets in the Old Testament. But in these last days, God decides to communicate through Christ, through who he is, through his message, through the gospel of Christ, if I could put it that way. Christ isn't just the messenger as many nations would like to believe and, and say he was such a great man, but yet he was just the messenger. I'm telling you right now, not only was he the messenger, he was the message. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by, Father but by me. Romans eleven thirty six. for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Colossians 2 and 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Paul, 
when he was being rebuked for being apostolic and he comes to the gate beautiful and silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee I'm going to communicate something to you through the only thing I have and that's Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk man gets up walks has his bed in hand excited jumping around everyone knows who he is hey you're that guy who's who's uh, supposed to be not moving around uh, what's going on why are you carrying your bed what's the deal why am I upset about this I don't know but that's how they were and so this man's like hey these apostles over here they did something they know something and I trust them and look now I can walk I can do something I could never have done and so they come around them and they, they bombard them with these questions and these, these issues arise. And Acts 4 and 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. Wow, how is he made whole? Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. Literally, I'm the stone stone that you, you built, the central stone that you begin to build your entire belief off, he's the stone. He's the center. He is, every, he is the message which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Even Philip had many different ways to preach the gospel okay but he understood there's only one way to preach the gospel and that is to preach Christ in Acts 8 he goes to Samaria verse 4 therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word everyone's preaching the word okay what is the word then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached who Christ Christ is the message unto them and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame and were healed and there was great joy in the city why because Christ is the message Christ is the message in these last days I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to pick on other beliefs, but if they're not preaching Christ, they're wrong. In these last days, he's the only message. In these last days, we need to understand that, yes, God, long time ago, he spoke in different ways to different people and, and different prophets, but no, today, in these last days, he speaks through Christ. We have to hear Christ. We have to take him in, listen to him, listen to his words. Listen to everything. It's centered totally around Christ. Number four, you will be judged by what you have. James 5 and 3 says, Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh 
as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. A different version says it this way in the NLT. Your gold and silver have become worthless. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This treasure you have accumulated will stand as evidence against you on the day of judgment. See, judgment is going to be connected to what we have. Your stuff will judge you. So kind of like, let's be honest. How many of you have, and you may be that person, don't raise your hand, it's okay if you are, no big deal. But, um, <clears throat> you know, driving in a certain neighborhood, maybe in an affluent neighborhood, and all of a sudden, you see that one house. And you know that house is the, the one house because they decided not to maintain their yard, but make it a junkyard. They brought in every vehicle that they owned at one time in history and it is there's weeds growing through it and through uh, different you know doorways and windows and and okay you know you got the picture now how many of you would be honest and say you judged that person a certain way you thought about them in a certain way maybe thought maybe they were not as wealthy as you Maybe you thought they were needy people. Maybe you thought there was something missing in their social connection of normality. I don't know. You can fill in the blank. But everybody thought something different about that house. Same way uh, with us spiritually. You can see somebody who doesn't have it together. Maybe they're in just kind of disheveled looking. Maybe they just look a little different than you. Maybe they're not Patty Pentecostal. Maybe, I don't know. You can fill in the blank. And maybe you look at them and you think a little something about them. I'm not trying to say right or wrong. I'm making a very strong point. You will be judged by what you have. You will be judged by your stuff. You will be judged by the things you collect. In that scripture, we read that our treasures are going to be the thing that judge us, the things that we collected. I, I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say today because it's important how we live our life here. The, the little bit of time we live here matters when it comes to eternity. And if I choose to invest in the stuff of this world and bring it upon me and hold it on me and, and, and hoard it to me, let me tell you what, I'm just laying up things. There's, there's a parable about a guy who had a lot of stuff and he went and built greater barns to fill the stuff. We know that parable. That story didn't help him. The stuff didn't help him. Collecting it all and holding it all. Let me just even go a step further when I say we will be judged by what God gave us. Matthew 25 talks about the story of the diving out the talents, the master with the talents. And we know, you know, the first two did good with what they have, what they, the stuff that they were given. But let's look at verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I, I was afraid and I went and hid thy talent in the earth and 
and lo, there thou hast there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and, and them at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. And, uh, and for for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he uh, shall have abundance. But for him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye this unprofitable servant into our outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We know this story. It's an ugly story, but a true story that will point us in a right direction when we see this sign. You will be judged by what you have. The Holy Ghost that God gives you if you're just keeping it for your seat only in the church, you're going to be judged for that. You will. I think you're going to be judged by who sits next to you or who doesn't sit next to you. Did you bring somebody? Did you witness to somebody? Did you fill the void next to your life? And I'm not talking about the void for chocolate. Okay? I'm not talking about the void for a hankering for, you know, a meatball sub. I'm talking, of, I'm talking about real spiritual lives that are losing out. If God given, your Holy Ghost is not just to comfort you, it's to comf comfort everybody. It's not, it, you're supposed to be operational with the Holy Ghost. Working in order and, and moving in such a powerful way. And the stuff that you claim, I, I want to preface this and make this point. It's okay to be wealthy and live for God. It's all right for God to bless you and you to have wealth and you to have things. But those things you have better glorify God. I pray, I, I pray, God, thank you for my home. But God, let it be a light set up on a hill that people can see your glory, that people can see your blessing. God, I, I don't have great, great things, but the things I do have, let it emit that you have blessed me, that, that I've been favored by you. Let, let it not, just like, just like in the scriptures, they, they looked at the apostles and knew that, you know, these guys were unlearned and ignorant. I want people to look at me and say, and you probably have no problem with this, but I want people to see me and go, man, how does that guy have that? Right? Because the simple conversation I had with that guy, there's no way he got that on his own. And you're right. I didn't. But God is good to me. And I can tell you how God's blessed me. Insert testimony. Insert, insert the things I need to do. And so, number four, you will be judged by what you have. Number five, the last one. I'm sorry I'm trying to rush through this. Ignorance up ahead. Ignorance up ahead. Second Peter 3, verse 3. Knowing this... First, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. See, scoffers is what you do. Mockers, doubters will be present in the last days. The reason they're scoffing, mocking, and doubting is because of ignorance. Look at what the passage says after this verse here tells us that knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers and, and, and 
walking after their own lusts. The next verse and saying, where is the promise of, look at them, they're always, where is it at? Where's the promise of his coming? For since fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. And from the beginning of creation, nothing's changed. Everything's the same. Where's it at? Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world uh, that then was being overflowed with water perished. Talking about how, how the flood came and it just, oh, just took it away. Verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Verse 8. But beloved... Be not what? Ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Wow. Can I tell you this? Is that the only thing saving you is that God has so much mercy, Amen. so much grace, Amen. that his, his, he is literally battling back his own promises. I know I spoke a promise and I'm going to keep it, but I'm pulling it back. Why? Because I don't want a single soul not to repent. I don't want anyone to perish, but there's going to come a time where he has to unleash his own words. Hmm. Look at the mat, verse 8 again. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. And he gives us some math here. How many of you are a fan of math? <laughs> All right, mathematicians, just try to bear with me. It says one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. If we're doing math, 24 hours to God is a thousand years to us. Let's divide that in half, right? 12 hours would be 500 years, right? Six hours would be 250 years, Three hours would be 125 years. An hour and a half. Did I say, sorry, 150. An hour, an, just a simple hour and a half to God is 75 years to us. Can we live for God for an hour and a half? Can, can we do it? Can we live for God for that, that season? And, 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 and we put it into perspective to God. What a short moment. And that we have in these last days willing ignorance. You know, the word ignorance, ignore, means literally to refuse or to take notice or acknowledgement. It also means a failure to consider something of great significance. In these last days, we cannot refuse to acknowledge what he's doing. We can't fail to consider the great significance of our salvation. Let's all stand. I've, I, I opened up with text about how Jesus reminds us and shows us that 
terrible is a sign of that fig tree of, of how things are letting go. And when things are letting go and dropping off in, in, these, in these moments, I, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's time to pay attention. But he makes a very strong point that no one knows, no angel knows, no prophet knows, no pastor, preacher, teacher Nobody who you think has great spiritual biblical insight knows the day or the hour. Many people have been lied to. Many people have invested their entire living into false claims and trusted these willing, ignorant people, if I can put it that way, because they went ahead and just totally disregarded that verse. They, and people bought into it because... I tell you what, what's an interesting, my friend, I have a friend who pastors and one of his, one of his biggest um, attended services is a, a special service that he does yearly that focuses on end times. And people come out of the woodwork to hear about end times. And they love to hear about the revelations and things that are happening. And, and now not many of them ever stay. But they want to know. And we all want to know. Right? There's something about, we want to make sure. And, I, and that's not wrong. That's what Scripture tells us to do. Watch, be sober, be vigilant. Don't sleep. Don't, don't sleep on this. But God has given us five signs. We may not know the day nor the hour, but we know His Spirit is being poured out. Life is hard to do. Christ is the message. You will be judged by what you have, but ignorance is up ahead. And that last one, I love how that last one is the sign, the ending sign for today. Because don't doubt. Don't scoff. Don't mock. I know this has been a continual thing through Scripture. I know I'm not the only preacher to preach this or to teach this. And I know I won't be the last one. His word is still true. And God is holding back his promises with every, every bit of strength he has so we can all come to a place of repentance. I'm grateful for his strength, but there's coming a time, there's coming a time where you will pass a sign and you, you'll pass an exit and you will, you will think to yourself, man, I can just turn around. I can make, time's going to, the spirit is going to cease. The trumpet's going to sound. Every single knee will bow. Every single tongue will confess. Amen. I don't care if you don't think he's Lord. It's going to confess that he's Lord. I don't care if you are an atheist at heart and you think, oh, I don't believe. You're going to confess he's Lord. That's right. I don't care if you, you you're, man, you bought into to, to the ugliest sin and you're just, you know, a hardcore sinner. I don't care. I don't care. You're going to confess that he is Lord because let me tell you what, judgment is going to be so real and so thick and so evident but I'm grateful that I'm a part of this body the church the bride of Christ he's given me signs I want to pay attention to these things if you would bow your heads with me dear God thank you thank you God for your love that holds back that's holding back a promise that you've made I know it's going to happen you're not slack concerning your promises God, you're going to be true, Lord. But I thank you, God, that you're giving us yet another moment for someone to repent, someone to say sorry. Lord, I, I want to I ask us right now, Lord, if we could, just all of us raise our hands. I want to ask us just to repent together. Lord, forgive us. 
Forgive us of any sin, any shame, any wrong. Forgive us, Lord, of mistakes we've made leading up to this moment. Forgive us of wrong thinking. Forgive us of wrong act acting. Forgive us of a wrong attitude, a wrong spirit. Forgive me, God, for holding anger. Forgive me for holding bitterness. Forgive me, O oh Lord, for addictions that I can't tame. Forgive me, God, for lying. Forgive me, God, for all things that I can't control that this flesh just seems to dictate. God, forgive me. Forgive me before I walk out of these doors because I don't want to walk in the same direction. I want to turn away. I want to keep walking towards you. I want to. I don't want to look back at who I used to be. I want to look at you because you're the message. You are the message I focus on. You are the center, God. I pray, bless me, oh Jesus. Touch each and every single heart in this in this room, God. We thank you together. I pray, be with us. Comfort us. Keep us. Bring us back again at the appointed time. Lord, we give you thanks. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? <laughs> Praise God. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 